This is Her Self-Expression with Beverly Price. Beverly is a divorce coach, podcast host, and advocate for women's empowerment. Did you know that studies show 79% of women don't feel confident? Four out of every five women feel less than other women. 62% don't believe they're intelligent, and one out of every two don't think they're beautiful. Beverly sees this as a tragedy. She's on a mission to empower every woman listening to feel confident, worthy, intelligent, and beautiful. This podcast empowers you to say yes to the next phase of your life and become the empowered woman you were made to be. Tune in to learn the steps you can take to immediately discover who you really are. Find your authentic voice, discover your magic, and own your own power. And now, here's Beverly. Enjoy the show. Welcome. I hope you're having an awesome day. I'm Beverly Price, divorce coach and advocate for women's empowerment. I've helped hundreds of women on their empowerment journey and on their emotional divorce journey. If you would like to work with me, you can contact me at HerSelfExpression.com. I've learned that studies show 79% of women don't feel confident. Four out of five women consider themselves less than other women. 62% do not believe they're intelligent. And one out of every two don't think they're beautiful. I see this as a tragedy. I want to move the needle on women's self-empowerment, and I'm on a mission to do just that. I want every woman to feel confident, equal to, intelligent, and beautiful, and that's why I bring you this podcast. Today, I have these questions for you to reflect on. Have you lost your passion and energy at work? Are you tired of the relentless negativity and scorekeeping? Does work feel burdensome instead of joyful and fulfilling? Are you working harder than ever before and yet it feels like you're getting nowhere? Well, my guest today is Rita Ernst. Rita is an author, speaker, consultant of Ignite Your Extraordinary. I just love that. She's going to speak with us today about women stepping into their ability to lead and cultivate a positive and fulfilling experience that nourishes and energizes them. This topic is so intriguing to me personally because my experience as a leader and corporate executive was just the opposite. It was negative and draining. Rita is the author of Show Up Positive, which gives you a peek at her behind the scenes playbook for culture repair and her exclusive Show Up Positive acts which guide you into accessing your power and freedom. Rita is a consultant, speaker, coach, and owner of Ignite Your Extraordinary. Her goal is to get your business back to that sweet spot where productivity and happiness converge. That sounds so beautiful. Hi, Rita. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm so glad to have you here. I am very happy to join you, Beverly. And that was a beautiful introduction. My goodness, thank you so much. Oh, you are so welcome. I just get so excited when I hear the name of your company, the Ignite. That just makes me feel so energetic and alive. I appreciate that. It was part of the reason I chose that word because I resonate with that in the same way. I, I 
Landing on the word extraordinary was a little bit easier, but like what what did I want to put with that took a little more thinking. But that whole I you know, the the visual, that spark moment. Uh-huh. You know, like when you're striking a match or when you're lighting a sparkler on the fourth of July and it's just that that spark moment. When I have those moments with people in conversation, it's there's just nothing more brilliant than that. Beautiful. Can you tell us a little bit about your own personal journey to empowerment? You know, my journey to empowerment started very early on because I chose Mary Baldwin College at the time. It's now co-ed at Mary Baldwin University. But at the time that I attended, it was a women's only college. And, you know, there was a beautifulness in that choice because we did everything. Mm-hmm. It, women ran all the student government, all of the programs. We had tons of universities around us in Virginia that we could go to for fraternity parties and keggers and all of that kind of social <laughs> atmosphere. But in the day-to-day of the campus, it was just this group of women who were making all of the decisions and and creating around us what we wanted and I really carried that forward with me I had parents who told me who believed that I could be and do anything and I had then this college experience where I was told I could be and do anything and given plenty of opportunity to do that and so I knew nothing different when I walked into corporate America and despite the attempts many people made to tell me otherwise, it was just too ingrained in me to not believe that. And of course, I'm a psychologist and I'm a behavioral psychologist. So I also believe that we get to create the things around us that we want. And and that when you're in a place where that's just really not possible, it's time to just get up and move. Yeah. And so, you know, I I loved every job I had until I didn't. And then I found something else that, you know, reignited my spark and my energy because I, you know, I come from blue collar workers. My, both of my parents, you know, were wage and hour earners that didn't get paid if they didn't go to work, you know, unless they were using sick leave, those kinds of things. So as somebody who, who watched how dedicated and how focused and committed my parents were to to their jobs and keeping their jobs so that they would have that security that they needed to be able to put me through college and put food on the table and do all of those things and build for their retirement. I I really understand how important work is in the lives of families. Right. And it's too important to make you miserable. Well, how did you specifically get interested in helping women? I think that, you know, I'll go back to being in a women's college uh-huh. and, you know, in, in high school, I did not have a lot of girlfriends. I had just a handful of girls that I spent time with. So being in a women's college, that was an opportunity to really learn how to construct meaningful and valuable relationships that didn't look like the things that we typically see amongst high school girls. Right. When you're growing. And so when I did emerge out of my master's and enter into the workforce, I saw the way that women were 
treated, how differently they were treated. And my own mother, my parents divorced when I was, I don't know, 16, 17 years of age. My mother had never had a bank account in her own name. So she couldn't get a credit card because she had no credit history, even though she had a job. And so I, you know, close to home, I, I, I saw all of these things. So I, I had this experience at college where I knew the power of women, the intellect, mm-hmm. you know, the marvelousness that women can bring. And so it has just always been, you know, part and parcel of how I show up in a space to say, you know, let's, let's just all come along and make space for one another. It's the most sad thing for me is to experience, and I have experienced that, women who don't reach back or don't reach alongside gotcha. or hold other women back. Yes. You know, there's, and I, and I get it. I mean, psychologically, I get it. You know, when you emerge out of the pack and you're one of the guys, that that tension to want to hold on to that status for some people, I understand what that is about. But that's not how I'm geared. I'm I'm very geared to community and collaboration um, over self and self-promotion. Actually, it's funny you say that because I was at an event once where we were talking about the subject of women helping women and this CEO stepped up, female CEO, and she said, I'm going to acknowledge that I was one of those women. I kept other women out. I pushed them away. I didn't want them taking the attention from me, and I was happy when they didn't succeed. And she said, and I'm dedicated now to spending the rest of my work life to changing me and changing how I treat other women. And I was so aghast or or so amazed, I think is a better word, that she would step out and first of all, admit that, but second of all, admit or or kind of talk about what change she was committing to make to herself. It was just very powerful. I, you know, I think that until you have been, you've been in that situation where you are the second class, Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard sometimes to really understand what that, that means. And I think, I think she's self-aware. I think a lot of people are not even self-aware. Yes of what they're doing or the motivation that's driving the choices that they are making. And you know, it's it's a it's a complex thing because as human beings, we do have a lot of complexity. We can hold competing commitments. We can say that we value seeing other women rise and yet be very committed to maintaining our status, right. of, you know, above others. And not really understand the, the internal conflict that that is, is creating and the behavior that emerges from that. I think one of the ways I look at that is how few women support other women businesses and then how few women vote for other women. And it's an interesting yes. dynamic. You would think it would be the opposite. But it's a very interesting dynamic. Well, there's a whole story, right? We tell ourselves. So just if I can sure, just say go ahead. Quick, you know, it, we like like the voting thing is a great example. Well, it'll be a waste of my vote because she'll never win. Right. You know, we tell our we tell ourselves the story about, 
well, I got to pick the winning horse, mm-hmm. you know, being the horse, being the political candidate, mm-hmm. you know, but you're not, you're, this is not Churchill Downs. I live in Louisville, Kentucky. You're not going to, you know, win money on this political bet that you are making, you know, and it's only because that, you know, people do cast their vote for the candidate they believe in, even if they know they won't win, but that gives other people courage and you get better candidates right. each time you know that's how you move things sometimes it's not the revolution that's instantaneous it is the evolution of what has to happen and so you know when we look at women and supporting other women in in the workplace it can there can be a lot of other signals that tell you it's safer to pick a a man sure right and 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 a lot less risky and other things like that. And I think that has changed a lot over time. Mm-hmm. I don't I think it depends on where you are in the country. I think it depends on what industry. There are definitely some industries. I do a lot of work with women in financial services and and that, you know, there are certain industries like that that are still much more male dominated. So if if you're a listener and you're not relating to this conversation, it could be that you're in a much more evolved <laughs> sector because there are other places where that's a very different conversation. Well, I think, you know, the the issue of the patriarchal society and how we were raised that men were the ones to step out and do, and we were kind of to sit back. And I think that can become ingrained even in a relationship, let's say a marital relationship, that then the woman is affected by the man's thinking. And thinking that a man is superior in that particular role. But to get back to your topic, I'm sure we got off on that. So what does it mean when you say that a woman needs to step into her ability to lead? To me, what I mean when I say that is that we all have that potential. Leadership is not a position. It's a skill set. And it's a mindset. And we all possess the potential for that. So stepping into it is acknowledging that that potential resides within you and giving real deliberate intention to how you are cultivating that and bringing that to the forefront of how people are experiencing you. People can experience you as a leader before you ever hold a title that is of authority inside of an organization. Exactly. So, so I, it's just recognizing it starts with you recognizing. And, you know, part of that, we talk about this all the time about, you know, who are you surrounding yourself? Who are the people surrounding you? Mm-hmm. And are, you know, are you the leader of, of the pack or are you also moving in circles where you're aspiring to be? Right. Making sure that you are, all, you know, it's, it's good to be a leader within a group, but, if you don't continue to find the next group that you, the next aspirational point that you're reaching for and surrounding yourself with people that show you that way, you're going to get a little stuck mm-hmm. in your own way of being, in your own way of thinking. So, the, you know, there's there's always this multi-layered approach that we need to take when we, you know, so that we are... We are learning to lead while we are reaching back and leading others behind us yes you know we should always sort of feel like we're in the middle a little bit Mm -hmm. i think yeah 
I like to think of it too that now that I've arrived at a certain stage of my life, that one of my roles is to reach back and help other women that are coming behind me. Oh, that's something that I'm pretty passionate. Yes, about. although I, you know, I will, I will say that you know, young women who are just starting out in their careers, they're learning things that are that we won't remember. That was too many years ago right. for you and I, Beverly. But they can t- teach that. It's so close for them. They can share that yes. wisdom. And that's why I love like women's networking groups that are really multi-generational that have these conversations for people at all stages, because there is wisdom that comes from time upon the earth and time in workplaces. But there is also some more pragmatic wisdom when you just walk through the fire mm-hmm. that you can give to the people following behind you. So if we're talking about women and their strengths, how does a woman access her power? I think that it's self-reflection is one component. I think the second component of that is is listening, being attentive. What what do other people say about you? You know, it's something you and I both, we run our own businesses. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we're always doing is we are looking for feedback and testimonials from people that worked with us right. to share their experience. And I'm not sure about you, but it's always relevatory to hear what other people say and how they say exactly. it about that experience. But that is true for you, it, whether you own your own business or not. What do the people around you say? What do your coworkers say about who you are, about what your strengths, about what they turn to you for? And is that what you want it to be? Or do you want to evolve that in some way? Like once you understand that, you can choose then what you do with that. You can stand firm in that or you can evolve that to something else. Or you can you can decide that's insufficient. You know, whatever your decision is, it's it's all in in your control. I think we tell ourselves stories that limit us way more. Right than the reality of what we experience day to day. Absolutely. What's your opinion on the old adage that if a woman is assertive, she's called the B word. But if a man is assertive, he's called, you know, a good executive. Right. I Well, I think that that is very true. And it's not just for women. Many years ago, I, at the start of my career, I was working in manufacturing and what we were doing is we were implementing team-based models into the manufacturing organization. So getting out of the old supervisor employee and really trying to get more self-directed teams that have more ownership for the quality and the numbers and the things that they were doing. And I'll never forget this conversation. I was a part as we were trying to teach those frontline supervisor leaders the the mindset and the skills that they needed to really lead from a different place, not directing people, but convening the team to do things together. Right. And one of those things that one of my co-leaders said is, I think it's very noticeable that at this time it was mainly black men, but the black men are grasping this and able to 
to do this work in a much more powerful way. And I think that's because they've never been able to stand in the authority mm. that white men have. Gotcha. And and I think it's the same thing for women. I think women, when women try to to stand in the same authority that men do, I think we get painted that way. I think we can be very strong and intentional, but the packaging of that has to look differently gotcha. than it does for men. I mean, I was just having this conversation. I, I, I You can shoot me later, Beverly, for, for bringing politics back into this. But we were just talking about, oh, gosh, I'm the, the new Supreme Court justice. What's her name? Oh, just Oof. go with that. Uh, yeah, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. It just flew out of my head. But there's all kinds of memes and stuff that circulate on the Internet about her facials when she's sitting on the bench, mm -hmm. right, about, you know, the facials that she's making. And this is part of what black women have to work to overcome. They they get they get painted with words right like angry and resentful right. and for the facial expressions that they show and yet you know two of my senators Rand paul and mitch mcconnell i mean they show those facials all the time and nobody talks about yeah. it it's not a conversation <laughs> piece when it comes from them so i think my guidance is you know circle of influence circle of concern is is a construct that I find to be very beneficial to us as leaders of change around us. If you choose to focus on the things that are in your circle of concern that you can't change, like perceptions of men are different than women, you're, you're, you're just losing your time and your energy that you could be expanding your circle of influence. So pick the things that you can change that are within your influence. Mm -hmm. What I can influence is my language. What I can influence is the context in which I operate and, and the relationships that I build around things. And it, every once in a while, I step on somebody's toes and I get labeled as being too harsh or too difficult or too emotional or whatever right. the word might be. If I've built this bank account with people where they know and like and trust me because I've been working that relationship, I'm going to overcome that a lot easier. Gotcha. But I do think yeah. when women try to mirror the authority, there are some women that get away with it. There are some women that find the secret sauce that allows them to do that and kind of stand shoulder to shoulder. But I think those are few and far between. And when too many women try to replicate that, we get pushed back down so we just kind of find our own version of that 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 works for us and actually in today's workforce most of the younger generation isn't interested in authoritarianism anyway yes so it's kind of good that we haven't gotten too dependent on that playbook yeah. because that is not what what current leadership looks like mm -hmm. so we talked a little bit about some of the characteristics or how it feels in a toxic work environment how can somebody create a positive, fulfilling environment? Oh, you just got onto my favorite subject. I wrote an entire book about this topic this year that came out in June called Show Up Positive because I do believe that have the power to create a workplace around us that fills our cup. Mm. And if you are going to work and you are feeling depleted day in and day out, 
it is likely that you are not the only one that's feeling that way. And what typically happens is we find other people who are feeling the same way and we commiserate. Yes. We talk about how unhappy we are, but that doesn't solve for anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it makes you not feel crazy, which is important <laughs> that you, you know, to know you're not. But in the end, that does not solve for anything. And the quote I put on the back of the book is this. Misery loves company until people grow tired of being miserable. Mm-hmm. And after a while, we get tired of the same old conversations complaining about things that are not changing. Right. And that's when people start to say, well, maybe I need to find another job. Maybe I need to change companies. People start to look for their escape route when they feel like they've been trapped in the same negative conversation that is getting no resolution. And we, when we do that, we train ourselves to just spend more time noticing all the things that make us unhappy. Right. And so we get into this very detrimental habit pattern. And so in my book, Show Up Positive, what I'm teaching people is that you got to retrain your brain to start noticing the positive things. And the easiest way to start that is in how you show up. So you choose one thing. If you look around your your work group and you say, we used to be so helpful. People just aren't helpful anymore. People don't help one another out. Well, then you choose to show up and be helpful. Yes. You choose to come into work and say, hey, I've got a few extra minutes. What's something I can help you get done today? Instead of making that phone call, instead of do- you, you do that. And when you start to consistently practice that, people will tune in yeah. to that. And they will be reminded of that. And you'll be surprised at how quickly other people start to mirror your behavior, your good behavior. Because when you do that, when I walk up to you, Beverly, and I say, Beverly, let me help you out. I got some extra time. What could I do that would take the load off of your plate today? Give me something that you would like some help with. You're going to feel good about that. It's going to make me feel good, right? We're going to exchange this goodness. Other people are going to see that goodness. You're going to tell other people about that. Like now we're spreading good news right. in the, the team. And the more of those good reports that we have happening, people start to notice them. Then we start to look for them and to pay more attention to them. And it's wonderful when you have the the management team above you that is facilitating and encouraging that. But it's they're not required. They're helpful, but they're not required. You can just get together with your coworkers and you can say, I'm tired of coming to work and feeling like I have no energy when I leave here. Let's figure out how we're gonna get back to that place where we are energizing one another, where we're having fun together, where we want, we look forward to coming to work because we used to have that. Right. That's the biggest thing I, since the pandemic, people are longing for what they used to have and they're looking for it. And I don't know that you can just jump companies to get it. Right. Part of it is you've got to show up and you've got to provide some of that yourself. You've got to be contributing to the ethos around you in a positive way as, as well. And it is possible to take back your culture. It is possible to repair the damage that has been done and find your happiness. And you know what? When we get happier at work, 
we get more productive, we get more collaborative, we have less absenteeism, we have less turnover, and all of that really delivers big bottom line results that matter to, to our paychecks, to our job security. You know, when we're all in this misery conversation, we're taking our company down with us. And so all this concern people have right now about job security and stuff, the biggest thing that you can do is start taking back your culture and building that positivity because then you're creating a place where people want to be. And when people want to be, they will contribute more value. Yeah, I think those um, things just walk hand in hand. Absolutely. On a prior podcast, I had a conversation about narcissism. And I shared that Mm. in a company that I worked for, the CEO was a narcissist. And that permeated everything and moved down from the executive team all the way to the ground level. And I asked her, you know, what can you do to change that? And her response was leave. So I think there are some times when there may be the decision that leaving is the right thing, right? Versus staying to try and fix something and be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. I I mean, I think everybody has to face that. It depends on the size of the organization. If you're in a small firm of 12 to 20 people and you have a narcissist at the top of the organization, that's a different thing than most Fortune 100 companies are run by narcissists. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk is not the only one, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a kind of a common trait of the people that that make it to the the very highest echelon of CEO in publicly traded organizations. But in you know, in when you're talking about companies of that size. You, you can do a lot in your little team. Right. I've worked. I've worked in very toxic teams inside of really great organizations. I've worked inside of toxic organizations with inside of a really great team that I loved. You know, it's the size really does make a difference. But yes, at the end of the day, I've left companies. Everybody has that right to decide how much energy and effort and what's the return. We all do that math all the time. And sometimes the math isn't there to justify staying. Yeah. Well, if I can say, everyone, please stay tuned. This has been fascinating. And we'll be right back in a moment when Rita's going to share her three actionable tips for us. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Beverly Price, divorce coach of Her Self-Expression. Your empowerment, confidence, and self-esteem can plummet after divorce, while fear, shock, and pain skyrocket. I'm passionate about helping divorced women like you and me conquer these negative thoughts and feelings by guiding you into action. As a divorce coach and with my own personal experience, I support you through the divorce process from beginning to end. I've helped hundreds of women through being stuck in the pain and fog to go on to a new and exciting life where they thrive. Whether you are contemplating divorce, in the process, recently divorced, or divorced long ago, you'll move on to a life of confidence, worth, and joy without the fear of repeating past mistakes. My goal is to help you through the process in less time and with less pain than it took me. 
If that sounds interesting to you, go to HerSelfExpression.com and request your divorce breakthrough session with me. As we talk, you'll discover a solution made just for you to move through all the stages of divorce and on to the incredible next chapter of your life. And we're back. Rita, what three actionable steps would you give to the women in our audience? So the first step that I want to give you is to really think about a time in your work life when you felt at your highest, when you were really reaching towards your full potential, when you were really contributing in a way that was meaningful to you, remembering what that was like, remembering who you were in that moment, really visualizing your engagement, your interaction with other people around you is going to give you the best roadmap to what happiness at work looks like for you because it's not the same for every person. Right. So you need to, you're on your own personal quest here to some extent, but that, to me, that is the easiest pathway to really discover what that is about. So one is discover. Mm-hmm. Two is to start practicing what we were talking about before. Once you discover what that's about, so, you know, whether that was about your ability to be really creative and innovative, let's take that idea. So your ability to be really creative and innovative That was part of what really fueled your passion and made you want to show up and allowed you to really perform at your best. Now you're going to start thinking about how can I bring that creativity and that innovation into my current situation? Gotcha. If I started to show up that way, what would it look like? What could I do? And if you have my book, like one of the words is creativity, and I'll give you some ideas of what it means to show up creative and ways to practice that. But it's, it's not just what you do, it's the conversations that you have. It's the thinking that you have as well. And your ability to really be in this framework of co-creating. So it's not all on you, right? So the third thing is build your tribe around you. Co-create with others. Don't feel like you're out on the branch all alone, engage with other people, help them understand your vision of what's possible, start practicing those things and inviting them to partake with you. And that's just a very simple, as we move into 2023 and you're thinking about what am I going to do to start off the new year, you're doing a lot of reflection. Once you take that reflection, just really think about Okay, how am I going to show up and and just start practicing it? You don't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Yeah. You just start with that intention and practice it. I love it. Well, I work kind of on a side note. I work with women who are divorced and who are working through all of the emotions associated with that journey. Do you think what we're talking about here about leading has any specific connection to women who are divorced, or is it just the same for all women? I do think that depending on the type of divorce that you're you're going through, for some women, choosing to divorce is standing in their power, right? Right. It's like finally saying yes to to themselves. For other women, it is a very heartbreaking time. So 
there there are many different emotions that you are feeling right. about your divorce. And all emotions are legitimate. I mean, that's one of the rules. Show, my idea of show up positive isn't put a happy face on it and just pretend everything is okay. And if, if you just, you, you'll speak it into being. If you just keep pretending, you'll speak it into being because that doesn't work. And that is very toxic. We got to really be true. I, what I like to lean into is the Stockdale paradox that says we are very intentionally and brutally honest about the reality of our situation. So if you're going through a divorce and this is really hard and this is really sad and this is really scary, all of that is true. And yet you can still say, and yet I'm going to get to the other side of this. Right. And I'm going to be the woman that I need to be as I come through the other side of this. And I, and so the whole Stockdale paradox says that you just never give up on the belief that you can emerge on the other side and probably emerge stronger while still acknowledging all the hardness that you are facing right now. So feel free to say it's hard. Just don't let saying it's hard stop, stop you. you. Yeah. That's incredible. Right. And that's the same for people at work, right? I mean, it's... The, yeah. Like in your situation where you're like, I'm trying to be a leader. I'm trying to do what I feel like is right. And I feel like I just keep hitting a wall, right? right. It's the same thing. And yet you pers and yet you persevere. Like you keep, you keep trying until you find your way. There is a way forward. And just because you can't see it right now while you're climbing the mountain doesn't mean when you hit the next peak, you won't see the other side, right? So yeah. Sometimes when we're on the journey... We just can't see that far into the horizon. Do you have any advice for that woman that is on that journey and yet feels like giving up rather than persevering? Any tips for her? I, one of the, my favorite questions when, because like I, I face struggles of things where I'm like, do I persevere or should I be walking away? I think we all face those moments. One of the most powerful questions I think you can ask yourself is, do I want to be the person who is on the other side of this? And who is she? Mm, beautiful. And you, you know, so that whole idea of do this for your future self, you know, when you think about giving up, for some people, it's doing it for their kids. Right. You know, that gets them through. Sometimes it's easier to do it for other people than to love ourselves enough to do it out of self-love. But, you know, I think when you ask yourself the question, you know, do I want to be the woman who gets on the other side of this and who would she be? And do I, do I care enough about being that person? That's where you're going to find your motivation. There's a change management is something I've done my entire career. There's this idea of the rubber band. So if you imagine that you are you're walking upstream. Your divorce is this journey upstream, right? And so there is, you're, you've got a rubber band around your waist and you start walking and, and the peg behind you that's holding the tension on the rubber band is where you used to be. Right. And as you walk, it gets harder and harder yeah. and harder, right? And the easiest thing sometimes feels like just going backwards. Right. That tension tells you the easier thing to do is to just go backwards. 
And you're looking for that moment where you where you just say, I'm taking the rubber band off. You know, I'm sort of letting go of the security of what was. And I'm trusting myself because it can feel scary. What if I slip and fall? What if yeah. the water takes me away, right? You deserve a new life. And you've got to say the mantras, do the work, whatever you need to do to really give yourself permission. Okay. But nobody's. I can't guarantee you it will be easy. Yes. It's okay. Sometimes, sometimes the best things come from the harder journey. Exactly. So the best is still ahead of you. Yeah. Well, I have one question that I like to ask all my guests to wrap things up. And that is, what does self-expression mean to you, Rita? Self-expression is your ability to be authentically you not trying to be what anybody else wants you to be it is really knowing yourself and allowing your true self to be seen by others beautiful so how can my listeners find you if they want more information please come visit my website igniteextraordinary.com that has all my social links every monday i go live on face multi-places, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn with an inspirational show up positive word for the week. This week, we're celebrating the holidays and we're using holiday words and the word is joy for the week. So how do we notice more joy around us and how do we like not just fill our cup in the moment, but take and preserve some of that joy to carry with us into the new year? So you can find links to that on my website, how to find me on all those social channels. You'll find my speaking topic and just all kinds of great stuff that I've put out around how to show up positive. This is a movement. It's more than a book. It's a movement. And I invite every one of your listeners to come join the show up positive movement. Take back your workplace. Stop waiting. You're the only person you've been waiting for. You've got this. Absolutely. take the first step. Do you have anything else you'd like to share with us? I think that is it. I would love to end on that high note. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. I have just thoroughly enjoyed it. I have as well, Beverly. Oh, thank you. And to everyone, all of Rita's information will be available in the show notes along with mine. You can find them at herselfexpression.com. Please connect with Rita to learn more. Thanks for being with Rita and myself on this episode of Her Self-Expression. I love connecting you with incredible women that can provide actionable steps for you to take on your journey. Please follow and share this podcast with your friends and pay it forward. Remember, the more you express yourself, the better you feel. But most importantly, you don't have to go it alone. I've been through my own painful empowerment journey to get to the other side. I'm here to help. Thank you and take care. Thank you for listening to the Her Self-Expression podcast. Host Beverly Price believes that you are intelligent, worthy, and beautiful. Her goal every episode is to help you believe that too and have the confidence to take steps toward creating the life you want. You can find podcast episodes, blog posts, resources, and more at www.herselfexpression.com. If you liked this episode, please pay it forward, follow, and share with your friends.